Welcome to Girlish Gurus. I'm Joy. And I'm Susan. And we're here to have discussions about topics on many subjects that we hope are informative, uplifting, and fun. So let's get started. Let's. Thank you for joining us for part one of life insurance and long-term health care insurance with Gary Miller. Hi, I'm Susan. And I'm Joy. And welcome to another episode of Girlish Gurus. Welcome, welcome. So today we have a very special guest, Gary Miller, who's been a friend of mine for a long time. We've known each other for many, many years. And by the way, I do need to mention that Gary is our first male guest. Oh, yes, that's right. On Girlish Gurus. You should feel very honored. You should. Gary. I am very honored. Thank you. (laughs) So very happy to have you. Yes. Yes. Gary is here. He's joining us to talk about long-term health insurance and life insurance. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background on Gary. Gary managed insurance portfolios for over 30 years in the property and casualty insurance business, which is where we met. And in 2015, while he was working on his own financial planning, he decided that, boy, maybe that was something he'd be interested in doing. And so he decided to pursue that as his next career. And he's been doing that and helping other people with their financial wellness through advising them on different paths they can take uh, based on their life circumstances. And I'm going to read this next part because this is very technical and I want to get it right. Gary has achieved the Certified Financial Planner and Chartered Financial Consultant designations, both recognized as industry-leading standards for quality ongoing education and the practice of high ethical standards for financial professionals. He has also earned his retirement income certified professional and chartered life underwriter designations. That's pretty pretty substantial. That's Lots no, of stuff. No mean feat there. That's that's pretty heavy duty. He's worked very hard to be as educated as he possibly can in order to serve his clients as in the best possible way. And so I respect him a lot for Me that. Too. That's mm-hmm. good stuff. Yes. Thank so you. And on a personal note, Gary is originally from Michigan, but he's lived in California since 1991 because, like many of us, he did not want to continue to live in the snow for half the year and also wanted to be closer to the ocean. His personal passions are travel, photography, and hiking. Cool. So that's a little bit about Gary. So again, Gary, thank you for joining us today. We so appreciate it. Yes, welcome. Oh, well, thank, yes, thank you both for inviting me. So we're going to start off, I think, talking a little bit about um, what might be the circumstances we need to consider when thinking about long-term health care insurance. Well, long-term health care is, and life insurance, we'll get to that, but both of them are tools um, to really help individuals manage their finances um, through a long-term care experience after the death of a loved one. Uh, so both of them are, are really tools, uh, long-term care insurance in particular. It's not medical care, 
but it does cover those extra expenses that occur as we age, ages, um, the number one cause of, uh, you know, people over 65 are the most frequent people exposed to having long-term care needs. Oh, I guess that's not something folks would typically think about when it comes to long-term care in that other people might need long-term care insurance for maybe work purposes if you are a physical laborer or something of that nature and you can no longer work, long-term care insurance might be a good thing for those folks to have too. So there's two-thirds of Americans, according to the um, National Institute for Health, will need some form of health care in, in their lifetime. So two-thirds will, will need the health, will need the long-term care support. Okay. And Gary, so I know when we talked about this before, which I, I'm not sure if I was aware of this or not, but I am now. Gary shared with me that it is limited. It's not like, you know, there's a maximum that you can collect under this. So there is still a need for other things in addition to, to this. Supplement. To supplement mm-hmm. this. I feel like this is a, a pretty in-depth topic. We're going to skim over it. And that maybe for another episode, we can deep dive on that one specific issue. Yeah. This is a well you can go back to over and there, over and over. There's a, there's a rabbit hole that you right. can do. Right. right. Okay. All right. And so then what about the circumstances to consider when you're thinking about life insurance? Again, life insurance is a tool. Um, most people think of some very basic uses for life insurance, um, final expenses, maybe small legacy, uh, maybe covering some debt, protecting for debt. But there are both long-term care insurance and life insurance I would just come back to. A lot of what I focus on with clients is tax-related. You know, we're going to pay taxes, but to maximize the amount of money that my clients keep. And in both of these cases, insurance provides benefits tax-free. That becomes more important. We can talk about that in terms of when paying for these expenses, when paying for final expenses out of retirement accounts, when paying for long-term expenses. For every dollar you're spending on the coverage or, or on the expenses, you have to take out more than a dollar to pay it with your retirement account. True, because of the tax. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I really do focus in on, on uh, for both, on taxes. Um, another exposure for life insurance that I don't think people consider uh, as a couple is that there is a loss of income. People say, I'm retired. What income do I lose? Well, you lose one of your Social Security checks. That's right. So at a minimum, you lose one-third of your income. So that, again, if you're taking that one-third now out of retirement savings and you're a single individual, no longer a joint taxpayer, Mm -hmm. you're paying even more. More tax, yep. More tax. So, again, 
I, I see both of them not only as a, a tool to cover expenses, but as a tax planning tool. Yeah, makes sense. That makes total sense. So, okay. So, Gary, let's talk a little bit about how these coverages may combine or be used in conjunction with Medicare or Medicaid, maybe an HSA, or even our savings accounts to use for some of these expenses. How would that work? So, let's focus on long-term care first. Again, as a tool, you have to take a look at... and, and. I encourage everybody to do a, uh, their own plan, but the average long-term care event for, and, and remember, average is half above, half below, right. um, for a female is 3.3 years. Hmm. And for a male is 2.2 years. And that some of that comes into play because long-term care services are provided by family members. Mm-hmm. So, again, you have half above, half below. If you're a single person, uh, then you have a chance of having a longer period. Uh, HSAs, you have a limited amount that you can save in your HSA. If you have an HSA, take a look at it and see how long you've been contributing to it and what the current balance is. It's, it's a great tool. It can cover medical expenses and long-term care type expenses. But when you take a look at that balance, think about the, the fact that average cost for just homemaking services in the United States, and I'll, we'll share the site that has that later, but the average cost for just homemaker services is approximately $60,000 a year. Wow. That's, that's a lot of money. Services. That's not home health care, so you're not get talking about getting medical support. That's not assisted living facilities. Um, adult daycare costs less, but you have to be in an area that has adult right. daycare. That's right. So wow. if, you, you, if you live in a more remote area, you, you may not have that, and even some communities mm-hmm. uh, would not have that available. Right. Hmm. So... Medicaid is the number one payer. Now, again, this is payer. Medicaid is the number one payer, but you have to spend down your assets to an amount that qualifies you for Medicaid. And when you're talking about having a spouse or a survivor, that is leaving them exposed to less resources Mm -hmm. after you pass. Got it. Right. Okay. Oh, my. That's a lot to unpack there. This content is so important because it's technical. It's complicated. A lot of people don't understand how it works. It's kind of like the tax code. (laughs) (laughs) Average regular people, it's constructed in such a way that it's harder for folks who are not financial planners or lawyers or insurance executives it's, it's harder for them to navigate it. So that's why I think this podcast episode is so important because it directly affects our target audience and we need some help with it. So just a couple of 
key takeaways, I want to take a moment to recap. The difference between long-term care and life insurance is, one, you're using while you're still alive to help you manage expenses should you become incapacitated, basically. And the other, you are leaving a benefit for your loved ones to help take care of your final expenses, burial, whatever ceremonies, etc., and possibly leftover medical expenses, things of that nature. And when it comes to paying for long-term care, you either have a long-term care freestanding policy that you've purchased yourself, or you have to look at Medicare, Medicaid, health savings account, or whatever savings you might have to use to pay for that policy. Does that sound right? Um, You would pay for the policies out of your post-tax income. You wouldn't be pulling it from uh, an HSA because the payments for the insurance is to be tax-free. But, Joy, you know, I want to go back to something you said because it's, I think, really important, uh, and it's part of what I truly believe in my practice, is that this is technical. There is a need to first understand your exposure. That's right. part that's that's the part for making your plan. I mean, you have to know what your exposure is. Do you want it for long-term care? Do you want to stay at home? Do you have somebody at home that can provide you some some level of care? What is my family history? You know, we talked about the averages. If family history includes Alzheimer's or dementia, that those last much longer than the, mm-hmm. the average that we're reporting. But so, you know, going back to what you said, Joy, I think it's really important that people, they make a plan, but they focus first on what's right for them. They, they understand, and, and, and yes, you can work with a financial professional on that, but if you're a couple, you should work on that as a couple. And then talk with a financial professional about the ins and outs. I have clients who come in and they tell me what they want. I try to step back with them and ask them what they're wanting to accomplish. And then let's take a look at how best to accomplish that. There's other ways to pay for long-term care expenses. The largest asset most people have is the home and the home equity. And they can tap into that. That might be part of their plan. Mm -hmm. There's ups and there's downs with that. Right. Right. So going back to what you said, yeah, it is important knowing what you want to accomplish and what your exposure is. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Most people aren't aware either of just how much all of this could cost. (laughs) So you mentioned earlier before we started recording, normally a burial expense would be around the $20,000 mark. And you actually know someone whose burial expense has exceeded $50,000. In this day and age when things are much more expensive, mm-hmm. that makes planning all the more important. So, that's right. That's and right. Putting, putting in the fact that in, you know, when you work with a professional, they're going to suggest what an appropriate inflation rate is. Yep. Right. right. Um, that's something that's, to think about, too. Yep. That becomes important because you're making a decision now for an event that's going to hopefully not happen of a life insurance. We know where that goes. But uh, long-term care, hopefully it doesn't happen, but that is when you would be needing the Mm -hmm. benefit. Yep. Need to be prepared. Yep. Yep. Okay. Hmm. 
I know we're probably hopping around a little bit here, but that's okay. We're going to try to get to the points as best we can. But as a single person, why would I buy life insurance or maybe even one of the hybrid life long-term care policies? Does it really make sense for me to do that? Or what, what would make the most sense for a single person? Or is that, again, an individual thing? Absolutely individual. You know, think about, Susan, I'm sure you have uh, dear nieces that you might want to leave some money to. Um, you wouldn't want to leave them with any expenses that last beyond your death. You would want to leave somebody the ability to pay for closing your estate. I mean, those are those are small right. those those are small pieces of the puzzle because life insurance is for legacy also. Mm-hmm. And it does cost money to probate an estate, right? Yes. Yeah. It definitely costs money to probate a state, and it costs more than, again, people think, because costs are going up. You brought up the hybrid policy, and that's a good example, because as a single person, you do have potentially a greater exposure to long-term care needs, Mm -hmm. because you don't have someone at home who will be providing that first layer of care right. when you need it. I mean, I think we've all had someone in our families yes. who, one, have had a person ready to step in and do some of the, the help, and then other people who uh, have not. Uh, hybrid policies often give you a uh, an additional benefit. They are indemnity policies, so they pay you the benefit because basically you're taking out your death benefit in advance. You're taking an advance on your death benefit, and they're paying you cash. If you do have a family member who's providing service, you can reimburse them for their time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Think about, you know, many people are embarrassed to ask family for help or ask a neighbor for help and if they had that available i know you were making this question personal i'm trying to make it a little bit broader no i want you to because i'm i'm certainly not the only person out there that has this situation right right? so yeah and so you can feel more secure if you have that kind of coverage that you you would be able to pay the person for their time. Got it. Okay. Uh, I think that comfort, again, going back to your plan, how much comfort, how much is comfort worth? Mm -hmm. Right. To be be able to cover somebody's expenses. How, you know, that's, a lot of times the first question is, how much does it cost? It's like going to the grocery store, how much does it cost? Well, one potato costs different than a whole bag of potatoes. If you want the whole bag of potatoes, it's going to cost more. But if you come in with a mindset of this is what I'm going to pay, if I were to just give out somebody a quote, um, this is the rough amount that it's going to cost, one of three things will happen. It'll be in the ballpark, and it turns out that way after they get the under, they, they get their underwriting decision. Mm -hmm. It turns out that their underwriting decision puts them in a higher class. So the estimate that I gave them was not enough and they get mad because their 
paying more. Well, they're they're paying what the, the price of the coverage yeah. was. If you don't go back to this is what I want to accomplish, then you can walk away from that. Mm-hmm. And the other is that the estimate that I give is too high. And they don't even pursue making a plan. And that's the end of it. And that's the worst. Right. Because they don't eat. It's like, well, it's just too expensive to take care of this exposure. And it's not because there's other ways, there's other tools to right. do it. That's why I, I, I really focus in first with people. Make a plan. Know what you want. Let's sit down and see what it takes. Well, and this is, too, about how much are you willing to pay for peace of mind? Right? I mean, that's a big part of this. Well, I think a lot of people, and I've seen this in my bankruptcy practice, my area of expertise is debt management. And a lot of people look at this kind of coverage, particularly long-term care coverage, life insurance. I would have a lot of clients who would come in filing bankruptcy and they would have typically term life insurance. So that was a common thing. But long-term care insurance, I think a lot of people look at that as an extra expense that they just couldn't afford. And the truth is, there's different levels of both expenses and options that might fit. But unless you sit down and speak with a professional who can help you make a plan based on what you want for your future, you're not going to know. And correct me if I'm wrong, but normally a consultation is not terribly expensive and it's something that's easy to schedule and doesn't take very long to sit down and speak with someone like yourself and learn what your options are and what your possible future expenses could be based on your family history and what it would cost to put something in place, how there are different products available that could help you plan for the future. Joy, that's a good point. So Gary, can we talk about all of the variables that might go into putting together a plan around this, like what needs to be considered so that a quote can be received for whatever coverages you might advise someone to get? Yeah, certainly. So first, we, we know what our intent is for the plan. We know that what the person is, is, is hoping to accomplish. Once an application is taken, during the application process, you have to determine how much do you want to cover. If you're planning on staying at home, do you need to buy a limit that would also cover skilled nursing care? You may choose in your plan to say, I'm going to cover this as the base, and then the additional, I'll find another way to fund. And that's a way to save on insurance premium. But health. I mean, let's, let's face it, health is, is the number one factor that's going to determine what your final rate is. Additional things include how long do you wait before you start collecting mm-hmm. coverage. Your waiting period for uh, long-term care, is it going to be three months or is it going to be 60 days, 30 days? Is it going to be 120 days? Do you have an emergency fund that could cover 120? 20 days of extra expenses. Okay. That might be a way to cut expenses. Your professional would work with you to see, is it worth taking that extra risk for the additional? Everything is about adding value. Mm -hmm. What gives you the most value trying to accomplish what you want to accomplish? 
Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next to health, age is the next most important. Then it's if you want any additional uh, protection, long-term care protection. We talked about inflation. Long-term care protection can include inflation protection. Okay. If you're a couple, you can purchase coverage often that will combine limits so that if one partner doesn't use the full limits, that can be used by the other partner. Okay. So you're, you're, you have a pooling mechanism that, that costs additional premium because the insurance company is taking on more risk. Right. Hmm. A lot of moving parts there. That's mm-hmm. a lot to think about. Yeah. And that's why I really don't, you know, I, I don't get into, let's talk about how much first. Oh, no. Yeah. No, you can't. Okay. From a life insurance standpoint, I know you and I had talked about this a little bit, but one of the things that if you were a couple that really needs to be emphasized, I think, is the importance of losing that person's income and how much of an impact that can have on the lifestyle of the remaining spouse. Mm -hmm. So maybe talk a little bit about that. So from a social security standpoint, let's just go to the very basic. The very basic is you have one spouse that's getting their full worker's benefit and the other spouse who may not have been working their full career. So they're relying on one half of the other spouse's benefit. So you have basically 150% of that spouse's working benefit. When one dies, whether it's the spouse that had the higher working benefit or the, the spouse who was using the spousal benefit, one of those checks goes away. If you had two working spouses, which retirees have had two working careers, you're losing more than one third yeah. of your income. I think we talked about the tax bite is that you are no longer a um, married filing jointly. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You may not have been married filing jointly before, but you're definitely not married filing jointly now. You're single and you're paying a higher tax rate. You have to assume that you're paying at least 2 to 3% more of your income in taxes. Another tax is the Medicare tax. Medicare premiums are based on income. Couples have a higher bracket before they pay the maximum premium. Once you're a single person, your income could put you subject to, and this happens in the third year, I mean, you get the surprise, married filing jointly the first year, then you're the second year, you're filing single, and the third year you're getting a Medicare bill that says you're paying more premium because your income has put you into a higher level. Hmm. So now you even get less money out of that Social Security check that you're receiving. Um, Wow. It's a big hit, and it's not something people typically put into their decision-making. I'm sure, yeah. So those are big things to consider, for sure. One other thing on taxes that, um, if you don't mind me adding, is that we have gone from a generation of having pensions to having retirement savings. True, right. In 401ks. And we have the benefit of being able to leave those because those are assets, which we didn't have as pensions, but they are also taxable when they come out. Right. So your, your spouse is taking money out of that, your surviving spouse, 
that's part of that additional tax you're paying. Um, it's not just the Social Security you lose. If you're taking out of retirement savings, you're taking out of taxable income. So that's where you get more tax. And if after both spouses or, you know, Susan, you as a single one, if you're leaving your 401k money, your IRA money to, again, a loved one, and you look at the balance and for just sake of putting a number out there, let's just say it's $200,000. Might be more, might be less, but let's just say $200,000. That's not $200,000 you're leaving to the to the individual and you typically would be passing away when those loved ones are at their highest wage earning capacity so now they're getting even less of that 401k and they have to take it out after 10 years that's they have to take it out they can't stretch it out so they have to be taking it during that period so there's another tax impact that your listeners who are looking with their their spouses at that kind of program and they look at their retirement savings and they know that they want to leave some to their children or their grandchildren, there's another use for life insurance to make sure that the tax bite that those people have is reduced because life insurance proceeds are tax-free. Okay. And pass outside of probate. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I keep coming up with these, I'm sorry, but, you know, another transition cost people don't think about is grief therapy. I mean, we're, we have that available now, which was something that our parents really didn't think about. But, you know, a lot more people think about grief therapy that costs money. Mm-hmm. Life insurance can help offset that without somebody feeling like they're taking on an extra expense. Right. Well, all good points mm-hmm. and things I can pretty safely say most people don't think about. No, I think you're right. When people sit down with me, I can tell you that the majority have not uh, really processed those. They want death benefit from their life insurance, but they're not really sure how that death benefit is going to benefit their survivors. The last thing I'd like to ask before we end this call, Gary, is to talk a little bit about you specifically and your business. I think it's important, first of all, to let our listeners know where they can find your information. And we'll put links to your contact information in the notes of this episode. So Gary, can you talk a little bit about yourself and give our listeners a little bit more information? Well, I can. I'm licensed in uh, four states, but fortunately, I have the ability, because I am licensed in California, I can register as a non-resident representative in pretty much all states. So that is not necessarily a limitation to working with people. But really, what I'd like to you know, offer your listeners, 15, 20 minutes of time, to answer questions. Joy kind of goes kind of goes to the point where you said it's not that expensive to explore. You know, I it, we can set up something through email to make a call, make a video call, whatever works for the client. Some people don't like getting on video calls. You know, I can handle talking on the phone. I do it pretty much every day. And just answering questions, not talking about me representing you, um, 
but talk about the questions you have about what we talked about today. And if there's additional questions that you've thought of, let's take 15 or 20 minutes, go over those questions so you can feel good about approaching a professional. If there was a reason for us to continue the conversation that we both agreed it was worthwhile for you and for me. I am a business person, so I, I work for a fee. I also, if I do provide access to programs, I, I do receive a commission. I would, I'm very transparent in how that occurs. Yay. <laughs> and that is a possibility that we would end up working together. But I really, really feel it's important. You know, like Susan pointed out early that my interest was helping people. I, I really think it's important that the education is part of helping people and answering questions and, and you know, maybe motivating them to do a little bit more than they would have done if they, if, without access to someone. Right. 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 Yeah. Well, Gary, that's very kind of you, and we really really appreciate you doing that for our listeners. And so, listeners, please take advantage of that. I mean, Gary will be happy to share what he knows and perhaps can give you some guidance on what to do as far as next steps if you're questioning what you need to do. And I will say this, just from one professional to another, I appreciate your calm, even presence, especially when discussing such a loaded topic as end-of-life expenses and how to pay for a funeral, things like that. So I appreciate that. That's It's an emotional topic. It is, very much Welcome. so. Thank you. Thank, you for, thank you for saying that. Yeah, thank that's you. great. Well, Gary, thank you. Yes, very thank much. you so much. Yes. So appreciate your time. And um, perhaps... Hope to, hope to see you all soon. Yes. Yeah. And perhaps we can have you on again to talk about another topic. So Okay. <laughs> well, Very thanks. Good. Thanks again for joining us for another episode. And we'll see y'all next time. Bye bye. 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 Stay tuned for the next episode of part two of life insurance and long term health care insurance with Gary Miller. And don't forget to check the description for Gary's contact information. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Girlish Gurus. We hope you'll join us next time for another fun and interesting topic. And please be sure to check the notes for information and links that were included in this discussion today. Also, don't forget you can find us on our social media platforms, starting with Instagram, Facebook, and now including YouTube. You can find us by searching Girlish Gurus. And please remember to give this episode a good review and share it with your girlfriends because the more interaction we get with our podcast episodes, the more episodes we can post. Finally, you can find us on our website, girlishgurus.com. Thanks again. See you next time. Bye.